0: It is a new year, and we have started a new sermon series called Next Steps, Finding God's Plan for You. You ever wondered what God's plan is for you? I hope so, because that's what we're talking about over the next couple of weeks. And we started last week. This is the time of year for New Year's resolutions. And while a lot of people are are down on New Year's resolutions, I happen to love them, because I think... They reflect our desire for transformation, because I believe, deep down, that desire for transformation is something that God gives us. And so I think this is a wonderful time of year to begin asking questions about what God's plan is for our life. The problem with resolutions, though, is that I think they tend to be a little bit too me focused. They seem to kind of be self-absorbed kind of resolutions sometimes. Or at least they run, run the risk of becoming like that. They become so me-focused. And the problem is, is that if I'm full of myself, how am I going to have room for God to fill me? If I'm full of myself, how am I going to have room for God to fill me? We have to allow room for God to say what we want to be. So instead of asking a question, boy, what do I want for me in 2017, I think the real question of faith is, what does God want for me in 2017? And we talked about this wonderful Old Testament illustration uh, used in Jeremiah where God says he is like a potter working with the clay. And I love that vision of our spiritual growth because it's messy, God gets his hands dirty. There's something imperfect about the process. And the difference between that and spiritual formation, as, as we're talking about it, is that the clay has something to say about the potter's work on it. In other words, God has a plan and a purpose for us. God knows exactly what he designed us to be. But we can resist that our entire lives and never allow him to work us. We can never be malleable enough to allow ourselves to be shaped by God into what he's designed us to be. So it's a dance between the potter and the clay. This is the process, really, that is spiritual formation. It's this process of saying that God's version of me, God's design of my life, is infinitely better than whatever design I would come up with. Unless you believe that, then there's really no going forward. Unless you really believe that God's plan for your life is better than your own plan, you're never going to move forward. God even told Jeremiah, He said, Before you were even born, I knew you, I knew you from the womb. And I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And so if you do believe that God's plan for you, for you to live into, your created purpose is better, then the next question is, okay, well then how do I find that out? How do I find out what my next steps of of this formation process are? How do I become more malleable to God's design? Right now or this year? What are those steps? And we're trying here as a church now to start directing you toward real practical answers to real heady things about spiritual formation. How do I take a step, a real physical practical step in my formation process? And so today we're starting with step number one, which is follow Jesus. I know what you're thinking. Duh, right? Yeah, I got it. Follow Jesus, of course. We did a whole sermon series on this, Pastor, just a few months ago about follow. Yeah, it sounds simple until you try it. It sounds like a (laughs) no-brainer until you discover that it requires more than just a, a mental agreement with Jesus. But an actual movement in your life. It might be helpful for you to review the follow series. It's all up on our website. Uh, You could access the sermons from this fall. uh, As we talked a lot about that. But I'm going to take a little bit different focus today. Because the idea is that Jesus has been inviting the world to follow him ever since he was on earth. And we get the idea as we talked about in the sermons here, we get the idea that we have to have our act together before we can ever follow Jesus. We put up all of these obstacles to following. We disqualify ourselves from following before we ever get too far. Oh, well, I don't know if I believe in Jesus, or you know, I don't know if I if I'm ready for this next step of faith. But following is the Christian life. It is the process The degree to which you are willing to follow Jesus is your spiritual formation. The problem is we put up like barricades over each step, right? So we get to one step. It's like, okay, barricade one. I don't know if I believe that Jesus is the son of God. So I live with that. I, I think on that. I have conversations. I read scripture. I get to a point where I say, yeah, you know what? I'm ready to get through that obstacle, I'm going to follow him there. And then Jesus talks about, well, that's wonderful. Then you got to move forward. You know, you've you, you got to get involved not just in the community of faith, but in the community of not faith. You have to start living your life in a way that draws people closer to Jesus. And that's another barricade. And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be that kind of Christian. And then you're willing to follow a little more. You get through that barricade. But you see, these barricades we all put up. But the process of going through each step is the process of discipleship. That is spiritual formation. That's how you grow closer to God, is you get through each obstacle in your faith. The degree to which you're willing to follow is is your spiritual formation. And Jesus didn't say, well, if you're willing to blank, then you can follow me. right? If you're willing to... Even believe. We talked about that. Even if you don't believe yet, you can still start following. But that's not where most of us are hung up. Most of us are hung up, yeah, we believe. And we believe for a long time. But maybe we haven't moved in a long time. That's where church people get hung up. It's okay. We were just talking about this this morning in our uh, pre service prayer time that we all can, can get stuck in a routine or in a rut the idea is the only way you break out of that is to take one even slightly uncomfortable step toward the next barricade in our walk with Jesus. Today we're going to look at two different stories from the New Testament that are actually sequential, even though they come from two different uh, Gospels. And they all are around this idea of what does it look like to follow Jesus? What does following Jesus do for you what does it look like when we start following Jesus closely? And I think you'll discover some principles that are at work in the way that God is asking you to follow. So we're going to start with our first in Matthew chapter 3. Uh, this is the baptism moment of Jesus. Matthew three thirteen through 17. If you brought your Bible and are following along. Or certainly it is also in the bulletin. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I've seen this uh, depicted in a lot of movies and and it's always done different. And, And I often wonder, was it a big, booming kind of voice? Was it a soft voice, almost that, that gentle whisper that we hear in Elijah? Well, I don't know, because then it said that people heard it. So what was that like? Did, was there a bright light that came down? And what exactly did it look like? I, I love thinking about this moment. But either way, this moment is very, very important. And everybody wonders, why the mystery? Why did Jesus feel like he needed to be baptized? I mean, why? John already called out, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was already uh, identified at birth. He was identified as the one, the Messiah. Why this? Why now? Well, let's think about baptism for a moment. What is baptism? Baptism happened long before John the Baptist ever got going. What was baptism? Baptism... It's saying, whatever allegiance I had in my life is no longer what is leading me. I am saying yes to this new thing. Whatever else my, my life might have been, my life is something different now. I have been changed. I have been marked. And of course, in the Christian faith, we have been Cleansed. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. We have a, a holy deposit that will be redeemed one day. And this has set us in motion in our life of faith. Baptism, it, it's a saying no to whatever else my life could have been and saying yes to whatever life God has for me. Jesus modeled this for us, this new allegiance, a new direction. And in this moment, you see what happens. God reveals Jesus' true identity and validates Jesus' true identity through his baptism. This is important. In that moment, God reveals and validates who Jesus really is. John said it, but now God the Father is saying it. Jesus knew it, but now God the Father is validating it. Let's go now to John's gospel. John chapter 1. Watch what Jesus does. This is is right after. John uh, 35, verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, Where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John you will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. So right after God the Father reveals and validates the true identity of Jesus Christ, what does Jesus do? He reveals and validates the identity of Simon Peter. In other words, right after it happens, we see this is something only God can really do. Can reveal and validate who someone really is. And Jesus does the same thing, as if to say, He and my Father are one in the same. Why is that important? Let's begin by saying knowing who you are is crucial in life, anyway. Knowing who you are according to God is fundamental in your following. Why? Because when you know who you are, you know what you have been asked to do. You know what your purpose is. When you know who you are, you know your purpose. I mean, think about it when, you know, you're a college kid and, and you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. And, you know, you... You major in, uh, you know, 18th century French poetry and you're not sure what to do with that degree. (laughs) Right? Try try to figure it out. And and then you start figuring out one piece at a time. Maybe you get an internship. Maybe you get an entry-level job somewhere. Maybe you start figuring out. and, And as that process happens, you start figuring out your identity. And then when that becomes clear, your purpose becomes clear, then you know hopefully, after a while, what job is going to suit who you are. There's a spiritual version of this. That's the spiritual formation. If you know who you are spiritually, then you begin to figure out what your purpose is. Your purpose becomes clear. For example, let's say, how many are familiar with The Voice? There's a, a game show called The Voice on television. If you're not, it's, it's a singing contest, uh, basically, where uh, y- contestants get chosen by uh, current music stars. Uh, okay, they hear their voice and they're like, wow, you know, I want to coach you. I want to help you reach the next level. So let's say that uh, I, I want to try out for the voice. Um, my belief might be, hey, I'm a great singer. Or maybe my belief is, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm such a good singer. The critical point is the people who know me best will say, you know what? you should try out for the voice. You have a great voice. I think you can do it. I would think that would be the first step. The people who know you are going to be honest with you, hopefully, right? Like, I'm going to go try out for the voice. Eh, not so much. We love you, Jason, but don't don't embarrass yourself. But let's say they really affirm me, and I get to the competition. And I And then I get to that final, I get the opportunity on the show to be heard by the music stars. And then I I belt it out. Now, it could go one of two ways, right? I just, I don't get picked, and I'm like, well, okay. Thanks, friends. I'm glad you think I'm talented. I'm clearly not talented enough to be on that level. Or the music stars pick me, and I am validated By their selection of me, not only do the people around me who believe in me believe I can sing, but now the people at the top say, yes, I can sing. I can sing like that. The higher the status of the person, the higher the validation. This is true in any field, but let's just take this game show for example. So what what do I need in order to discover this about me? I need the people who know me the best, and I need the validation from a higher authority. And here you have the importance of identity from God. God knows us better than anyone, including ourselves, and there is no higher validation of our purpose in life than from God. That's why this is so crucial As we discover what God wants for us, we live into our created purpose. We allow ourselves to be shaped into the design that God had for us from the beginning. And as a result, there is no better life that you're going to live, except for the one in God's design. None. No better. Because you'll be stepping into who you really are. That's why God's vision for our lives is superior to any other vision we might have. When you know who you are, your purpose becomes clear. And when you live into your purpose, you unlock incredible passion. Isn't that what life and living life to the fullest is about? It's about passion. You will never live as passionately as you will live in the purpose of God. Note that does not promise Things get easier. You make more money. You have nicer stuff. You have easier relationships. You never battle sickness. doesn't mean any of that. But you will live a life like no other that you could possibly live unless you were living in the purpose and plan of God. You ever do something? Maybe it's a job that you had or maybe you volunteered for something and it was like You say to yourself, I was meant for this. That's what it's like living in God's purpose all the time. I was meant for this. So what are the specific next steps in figuring out your identity in God? How does that work? And so today as we're talking about following, here are some specifics on how you can follow more closely right now, this week. The first step in this following Jesus is you have to commit to learning. Again, this, uh, you should have an insert in your bulletin that's got a place for you to write things down if you want to remember. Commit to learning. That line where Jesus says, Come with me and you will see. That feels so weighty. It's not just come with me and I'll show you where I live. You get the sense he said, no, come and you will see. Our coming to Jesus, our learning, we have to commit to it. You're not going to grow unless you are learning more about God's word. It's not going to happen. It doesn't happen without it. Now, I I know sometimes it's hard, and this is the part that we have to work on, is that every January, you get all motivated to read the Bible, and you start in Genesis 1. You've read the first few chapters of Genesis about 100 times in your life, I bet, right? Because, you know, you just get, you know those really well, and then you get, you know, to, if you make it to Leviticus, you're like, I'm out, you know, like, (laughs) you just, you lose steam, you lose steam. So maybe that's not the best approach. So let's try a different approach. First of all, I always recommend that you start with the Gospels, uh, and then if, if you feel like, like you're good with that, then I would just move on to the letters of Paul. I think these are great places to start. Um, but also, there's a couple of tools that you can get that I really want to encourage you to do this week. Take a step. It may, it may be uncomfortable for you to take a step. For those who have a smartphone, uh, if you do not have the YouVersion Bible app, it's a free app. I want to encourage you to download it. It's a wonderful app. It has reading plans on there that you can follow. Different reading plans for different topics, reading plans to so read the Bible in a year. It's absolutely wonderful. It's got daily verses, the YouVersion Bible app. And then after you download I want you to get yourself on a reading plan this week. And it's great because it'll remind you every day about your reading plan. And it's very, very doable. If you are, or maybe you want to do both, but if you're not a smartphone person, if you'd rather have a physical Bible, to me, I like having the physical Bible in front of me. I, I think it's just probably because of seminary. That's just I'm used to digging in that way. Um, is uh, I, And I put this in the insert. If you order online, uh, the soft cover I think is really reasonable. It's called the NIV Quiet Time Bible. The NIV Quiet Time Bible. What it does, it's got the whole Bible and it's in order, but each section is, has little divisions in it where it's got study questions and uh, little points of information for you to dig into that portion of the Bible. It is my absolute favorite. I don't know if it's currently in print, but it's all over Amazon. You can get it hardcover cover or softcover. The NIV Quiet Time Bible and start doing a quiet time each day this week. That's how you start to dig in. You have to commit to learning, to digging into your Bible in order to grow. It's not just hearing the word, it's also investing yourself in the word. Okay, the next is surrender your heart. No matter where you are in the continuum of following Jesus, you have to surrender your heart, which means a daily and frequent prayer life. That is absolutely essential. Prayer does something to us, it reorients us. It's sort of like if you've ever been to Disney World, you've ever been to Disneyland, and the, the way that the magic kingdom's laid out, the castle's in the middle. Why do they do that? So you can find your way back if you get lost on the fringes. You get lost in frontier land somewhere, you don't know where to go. Or how do I get to fantasy land from here? Well, I just go back to the castle. Now listen. Prayer does that too. No matter where you've wandered in your life, whatever frontier land you find yourself, you can find your way back to the throne of God through prayer. It is a daily reorientation that you are where you're supposed to be. And then lastly, and maybe most of us in the Northeast were baptized as babies, but if you weren't, I want you to consider getting baptized to take that step and to say, whatever it was that I was is different than what I am now going to be in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to take that step of faith. If you've been baptized, maybe it's an opportunity for you to remember your own baptism and say, yes, even before I could say it myself, my parents said this child's life was going to be lived In the identity of Jesus. And so next week, get on a reading plan. Let me know how it's going. If you have any questions, send me an email. I'll be happy to help. If you can't find the the Quiet Time Bible, if you don't know how to download the app, I'll do my best to walk you through it. Or find an eight-year-old. They'll download it for you. (laughs) but let's let's give this a shot isn't it worth living a life with passion and purpose isn't it worth whatever trade-off you think is required to taking a step of faith isn't it worth it for you to find out what god wants for you today and this year and the rest of your life let's go for it together and let's be willing to take a next step to live into the potter's design. Amen. I'll invite you to stand if you're able as we sing our final hymn together this morning.